0: Welcome to the Thanksgiving Extravaganza episode of Pod People, the show where we carve up some of your favorite and least favorite horror movies. I'm Matisse Van Rossum.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, I'm just uh, eating my uh, full Popeye's Cajun turkey. Yeah, I'm sorry, Matisse, you uh, were saying
0: something? This turkey's just <laughs> got me. Got yes, me we've, all, we've all got our deep-fried mm. Cajun turkeys from Popeye's in front of us Don't since it, it is Thanksgiving. We went and got all of our sides from KFC, though. Because everyone knows the sides over there the best. Of course. And uh,
2: for people that are wondering, we're not sharing a turkey. That would be
0: weird. No, we, we each, each have our own turkey. Have our own turkey, What yes. do you think we are, heathens?
2: Yes, for, for $40 we have the pleasure and they deep fried it just for us mm.
1: we need the trip to fan oh the
2: grease makes it go down so oh, good
0: uh, now i need to go to sleep you
2: guys too much turkey <laughs> oh just wash it down with this gravy you'll be fine
0: oh i love kfc gravy my favorite
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm ben and i am having a good time eating this turkey I am Eugene
2: and I'm here all nestled up with my Thanksgiving treats, some cranberry sauce, mashed potatoes, some honeyed ham. I am having myself a feast along with my turkey and KFC sides. Don't forget the fried okra and mac and cheese.
0: Oh, I hate
2: okra. People that eat greens on Thanksgiving are fools. Get off of my show.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Such a southern thing. Uh, Yeah,
0: well, what can I say? I'm from the south. So, in lieu of a news story this episode, we're just gonna take care of a bit of house cleaning, talk about some changes to the format of our show.
1: We got some big announcements.
0: Here at Pod People, we strive to create the most entertaining and streamlined listening experience for you, the audience. You know, we're all pretty new to this whole thing, so we've uh, done some some introspection and looked into how we can make the show better for you and for us as well. And so we've decided that rather than focus on uh, four to five movies per episode, which was frankly becoming a bit overwhelming for us as well, um, we will be doing two to to three movies per episode still focused around a theme um, we will be doing away with our awards segment and the game will be changing slightly as well instead of the winner picking a movie for the loser to review solo the winner of each game will be choosing the third movie that we all talk about as a group Some changes we're very excited about that I think are going to make the show a lot better in general. Definitely.
1: It was fucking insane that we were
0: doing five movies. We're absolute (laughs) (laughs) madmen. Yes, it was
2: a bit long. Sometimes you can't go for the whole turkey. You need to start with an arm or a leg. Hey,
0: don't tell me to not eat this whole Popeye's turkey. I'm saying we can handle
2: it. But for the listeners, sometimes you just need to have a little breast, a thigh, a little bit of booty. You need something just to... Yeah, you
0: don't want to get stuffed right off the bat. Right. We want to slowly
2: fill you up. So you always come back for seconds.
0: Or thirds. Or fourths. That's really the way to do Thanksgiving. Fuck eating one big meal. Just eat like five big meals throughout (laughs) the day. Well, for me,
2: Thanksgiving's a week-long thing. I have a Thanksgiving dinner every night. It's basically Hanukkah
0: for me. The entire month of November is Thanksgiving for me. I wake up every (laughs) morning and eat an entire turkey by myself.
2: Uh, Can I tell you guys something, though? No. I'm going to tell it anyway. Okay.
0: I hate turkey. I
2: I hate turkey. It's basically just a bad chicken. Why yeah. do we keep him around? Get
0: yeah, you fucking elbow deep in that fucking Popeye's turkey well, over there. It's I deep see. Fr- you. I'll eat anything deep fried. So <laughs> Deep fried in Cajun season. Yeah, my arm is stuck though, so
2: don't uh mistake this for enthusiasm. I'm I'm a little worried. I'll be fine by the by the end of the episode, something's gotta give.
0: Well,
1: you I can, can just eat your way out. Here, let
2: me pass Oh, good idea. Hold on. Hold
0: on. <laughs> let me pass you the butter so you can grease yourself up. Oh, oh, thanks. All right.
2: All right. Yeah, get, get back to me in a sec. I'm going to work on this butter. Are you like no, a Thanksgiving ham person? No, man. For me, it's a rump roast. That's
0: what I do. A rump roast? Yeah, like, the the roast. That? A, like, like a beef roast. That's the That's like a roast. That's like a Christmas dish, though. You eat well, roast for Christmas. If
2: I had my options open, I would have a rump roast on Thanksgiving. I would have it on Halloween if I could. But you know what? Society says that I'm weird for doing
0: it. Nobody gives away rump roast door to on Halloween. Trick or treat, where's my rump roast? <laughs> you don't know that. You just haven't gone to the butcher shop for trick or cheating, have you? I did, and the butcher chased me away with a cleaver <laughs> in true Halloween <laughs> he fashion. Thought, he
2: thought you were an actual ghost. That's what
0: happened. Oh, that does make sense. I was wearing a sheet. <laughs> <laughs> I did look pretty scary. I'm sure you did. But enough talk about Halloween. Yes, it is Thanksgiving, and today on The Pod, people, we are talking about two classic classic Thanksgiving horror movies, Thanks Killing and Thanksgiving 3.
2: Yes. It's surprising there aren't many horror movies about Thanksgiving out there. It's yeah. actually pretty limited. You can th- find a lot about Christmas and stuff, but Thanksgiving's a dry holiday for spooks. I think
1: when we were doing our research, we found like five... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's less movies. Yeah, there's definitely less
0: than ten Thanksgiving horror right. movies. And out some there. of
2: them are just connections because they got like turkeys in them or
0: evil turkeys, so <laughs> we definitely need to get more Thanksgiving horror movies on the market because it's an untapped market. What are you gonna compete with if you release a horror movie around Thanksgiving? Nothing.
2: Nothing at all. Exactly. And it's it's all yours. We wanna just dive in and talk about this movie, so we're gonna turn it so, over to
0: Ben over here.
1: Thanks killing. A killer turkey rises from the dead after 505 years. He starts to kill off some college kids over Thanksgiving break. It's uh, pretty basic. Something anyone can grasp. uh, Apparently, the
2: tagline for the movie was conceived of before the actual script or anything
1: was made. And that tagline was, Gobble, gobble, motherfucker! I mean, honestly, when you hear that tagline, you want to make a movie of it. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost written all the way through. Just because of that.
0: And that's just like one of so many good one-liners
1: in this movie. Yeah,
0: there were so many. This movie was done
2: on a very, very low budget, and so the turkey puppet has its charms oh yeah it looks bad though
1: (laughs) first scene of the movie first thing we see is a very close-up shot of a woman's tit yes as
2: another tagline promises warning tits in the very first minute they certainly
1: deliver it's the very first shot yeah boobies uh a
0: a turkey a turkey breast you could say
1: (laughs) We see her, uh, like, running away. She, like, falls down, and we realize she's being chased by an evil demonic turkey with a tomahawk.
0: Oh, she's dressed as a pilgrim, too, because this takes place in, uh, what is it, like, 1691, I think? Well,
1: yes, well,
2: hey, suspension of disbelief. She is a pilgrim. She is a pilgrim. No, 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 she's
0: definitely not not somebody dressed as a pilgrim. She is a pilgrim.
1: (laughs) But before turkey kills her, he just yells, Nice tits! Bitch. Uh, just and that line of me. Yeah, yeah. You know that That's the first line of the
0: movie. First shot is a tit, the first line is nice tits, bitch. I think at that
2: point that's when the dividing line starts to come in on people who will love the movie or people who will have a horrible time. Hey,
0: at least they let you know exactly
1: what you're in for immediately. Yeah. Yes. They do not <laughs> pussyfoot around. Yeah. At the same time it sometimes it feels like it peaked. Oh, certainly, terms- no
2: no line that the turkey says is any funnier. Than yeah, that. exactly. And most with, of that in is in terms interest,
0: of the one-liners, either you love it or you hate it. And this is followed up by the opening credits, which honestly look like the closing credits. And the only reason I want to bring this up is because it gives us some most excellent names, such as Charles Dead Bloody Guy Lamb, General Bastard, and Wanda Lust, who is the uh, the pilgrim with the nice tits. Oh, I <laughs> she gets top billing but that's literally the only part of the movie that she's in. They probably spent half the budget on her. I think yeah, she's probably like those, a porn star. Yeah, she's gotta books. be. I'm gonna do some, uh... In, investigation. <laughs> yeah, I I think she's just like a porn star or something. Yeah, it would make I sense. Can't find, I can't find shit <laughs> like, about her. She's from Hungary. Oh. She's hungry
1: for turkey. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, after the long, long, long opening credits, considering this movie's only 70 minutes, the credits are a solid 5% of the movie. Yes, Yes, right. That is one thing. This movie
2: is very short. It's It's short and sweet. Like, I like my turkey.
0: It definitely doesn't wear out its welcome. I think that's one of its biggest strengths: is that well, like hey, it is so just... it is so ridiculous. At least they keep it like short and tight
1: before oh, yes. it. Yeah, it, uh... I, I totally agree. So let's talk about these college kids. We have the jock Johnny, the uh, ditzy girl Allie. Allie, yeah. Uh, Ditsy th- does not do her justice. She is so dumb.
0: Yeah, she is incredibly dumb. Although in fairness, all of these people all are right. incredibly stupid. Yeah. She's somehow the dumbest. We have the redneck, uh
2: Billy. Who in the first scene, <laughs> we see him and he's running out of the school. Something that I... Was fantastic. He rips off his shirt and he goes, Thanksgiving
1: break! Yeah, he's who's, fat as fuck. I've never been so excited about I know, Thanksgiving these, break.
0: Uh, these kids are, well, I should say kids. They're all obviously like in their mid to late 30s. Right, which was um, that
2: intentional? We know man, that a lot of know. things were purposely bad, but, but maybe they, this was, a, they couldn't find people that looked young enough. They treat Thanksgiving break like it's spring break. This is a joke movie. No one should. Be coming into this expecting, well, I guess a good horror movie. It's one of it's purposely bad. And so, oh yeah,
0: it's it's yeah. excellent, but it's because of how terrible it is. This is like the the room of horror movies, I yeah, think. Yes.
2: But I I'd say, you know, it's certainly more intentional than the room, but that same thing, it's yes, funny definitely. because of how bad.
1: And boy is it bad. <laughs> How self-aware do you think they were when making it, though? Because a lot of times it kind of teetered on that line. I was questioning that for a lot of the movie, too. At least
0: for, like, the first maybe 20-ish minutes, I was sort of questioning whether they were trying to make a bad movie or if they were just really bad at making a good movie. I think the tipping point for me was when uh, the sheriff, who is one of the, the girl's dads, Kristen, I think her name is. Yeah. yeah. the sheriff is sitting at home at his uh, kitchen table and his wife puts a cup of coffee in front of him and he says oh boy this tastes like you shit in the coffee and she says (laughs) I did I want a divorce and then slams the coffee pot down on the table and she just got a turd in it it was at that moment where I'm like okay they're trying to make an absurd movie this this is a joke
2: the problem that blurs it is that there are just some jokes that don't really land
1: Yeah, they do one joke
2: that, that keeps Reoccurring where they keep saying that uh, one of the girl's legs uh, <coughs> that they that the legs stay open like the John Benet Ramsey case. Her, or her legs,
0: her legs are harder to close than the John Benet Ramsey case. Right.
1: Yeah, Kristen makes that joke twice. Uh, the nerdy dude Darren tries to tell another John Benet Ramsey joke a little bit later. Right. That's the but he fucks up the, the punchline
2: to the repetition that they they tried setting up that dumb joke so that they could they <laughs> it, could make that Yeah, it's something on,
1: like but... John Binet Ramsey couldn't keep her fucking legs closed <laughs> or something. <laughs> oh my god. Oh man, I I wanna talk about the nerdy kid Darren. It seemed like the whole movie he just really wanted to fuck Johnny. Well, that's the thing. He is Billy's friend. He doesn't
0: know any of these other people and Billy brings him along. He does that whole thing where, where they're in the car and he's like, this Thanksgiving break, it's not just going to be me in my hand. I'm going to have sex with one of you in this car. And, they, and none of them act like this is a weird thing to say. He's literally saying that he's going to bang one of the other people in the car. And they all just like, oh,
1: Darren. Meanwhile, he just has such a determined look on his face. <laughs> and the hairline of a 40-year-old man. Yes. He he does try to have sex with multiple characters. Yes. He is almost as thirsty as Allie. Ben, why don't you talk about uh the car breaking down? Okay, we'll... yeah. So the car breaks down while they're on their way home from school for Thanksgiving. Yep. So they decide, hey, let's camp out for the night. Just um, on the side of the just road. Just on the side of the road, in the middle of nowhere. And as they're uh setting up camp, Darren is telling this uh origin story of Turkey essentially native american shaman used necromancy to create turkey who uh, has been said to uh, appear every 505 years yeah which
0: i thought was really funny because darren says and every 505 years he roams the earth killing any humans that he can find but that would mean that this would only be the second time because it's been 505 years since the first yeah, time yeah. since he was created so <laughs> it's not like they have a history of uh, turkey rising from the grave and killing people like it just happened the once
1: (laughs) (laughs) he was just hoping that it would work a second time (laughs)
0: <laughs> just like, oh, maybe he'll rise from the grave again in like, uh, like 505 years or something. Well, we don't
2: know how the first one went down. Maybe just like in the original It movie, he does a flip right into like a sewer line and as he crawls in, see you in
0: 505 years, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That could have been how it happened. Oh yeah, but then as Darren's telling this story, they all say, let me guess. And that was 505 years ago to the day and he. He's like, no, but it will be in 45 minutes,
1: (laughs) (laughs) which is classic. Yes, really classic. The turkey is set to like slaughter all white people or something. Yeah, as punishment
0: for driving Native Americans off their land. Yeah,
1: we should talk about Oscar
0: Oh the the redneck hermit played by, Play by general, played by general Bastard. general
1: Bastard. Yeah, so uh his dog uh urinates on like a totem pole yeah, in the was, middle of the forest. That looked his... like was
0: bought at like a like a general store or something. Okay. Oh god. <laughs> Because of it, Turkey uh, rose from the dead and killed the dog. Um, so that sends General Bastard on uh, on a quest for revenge against Turkey. Yeah, killing, throughout
1: the rest of the movie.
0: For killing his beloved dog, Flashy. Oh, but we can't
2: forget two one-liners that pop up here. When Turkey's first getting pissed on, he goes, Oh, I'm pissed! Uh,
0: <laughs>
2: I forgot about When General that. Bastard finds the dog and he's like, I had an axe, so I accidentally cut your dog's head off. <laughs> (laughs)
0: turkey's one-liners are all very solid yeah all extremely funny
1: carries the movie for sure
2: yeah it wouldn't be anything without the absurdity that they put into the turkey creature
0: that's what makes it so fun turkey is like very obviously a hand puppet because they never have any like wide shots of him they're always like close-ups so you can't see the puppeteer. Oh, but before we cut to that next morning, we have to remember that Kristen goes out into the woods to try to call her dad because she can't get reception, and she gets briefly chased by Turkey. I can't remember his one-liner. Though. It's something like, uh, "Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna drink your blood like cranberry oh, sauce yeah. <laughs> or something." Yeah, that's right. <gasps> and she goes back to the campsite and she tells them all about this and. And... They all just brush it off, except for Johnny, who is in love with Kristen. He's like, guys, I think she might be telling the truth. But they still all just go to bed, Kristen included. Like, they just seem to forget the fact that there's a, an evil killer
1: turkey on the loose. Yeah, they they don't really care. Um, well, and I
0: mean, I guess they don't need to, because turkey doesn't do shit to them at all that <laughs> night, except poops on uh, on Billy's chest. Well, let's not forget,
2: because that's that was why General Bat, bastard was there because he kept the turkey at bay but that's
0: right he he kept watch over them all night to keep the turkey Did from killing them apparently so there
2: bad. was almost nothing left on the cutting room floor they uh, basically used every scene that they shot
1: I'm not before. surprised That doesn't right. surprise me I heard they shot this movie in like a week or something that also doesn't like. surprise
0: me man <laughs> the production value is so bad everything is extremely overexposed over or underexposed there's nothing Properly exposed. There's one point where they're driving and the lens of the camera is like visibly dirty. Like you can <laughs> see just smudges all over it. And everybody looks like their uh their eyeline implies that they're like reading their
1: scripts off screen. Which oh, I'm yeah. I'm sure they probably were. Um but after they wake up they Flag down a car. No, not even. Their car's just fixed again in the morning. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. uh, Inexplicably. Inexplicably, their car's fine when they get up the next morning. Just gotta let it cool down overnight. The turkey hitchhikes.
0: Yeah. The the turkey flags down a guy who pulls
1: over to offer a turkey a ride. Yeah, and he's like, You can offer me weed, gas money, or ass. Yeah, like uh, cash, grass, or ass, I think is what he says. Of course the turkey goes with ass.
0: Yeah, so this dude tries to fuck the turkey, and then the turkey pulls out a shotgun, probably also from his ass, and uh, blows him
1: away and steals the car. Yeah, that was the funniest shit to me, because the, the shotgun is, like, bigger than the turkey. Yep. So, wherever he was keeping it, it was pretty impressive.
0: If you're looking for logic in this movie, you've come to the wrong place.
1: <laughs> Somehow the turkey can uh, drive a car. Hey, um, if Michael Myers can drive a car, that turkey can damn well drive <laughs> a car. Johnny is trying to, like, reconnect with his his father, right? Yeah, his dad won't talk to
0: him because he's only the second string quarterback of the football team instead of the the first string quarterback.
1: Yeah, and so he's like, Dad, come talk to me for a second, and just like lies to his dad about being first string quarterback, just so his dad would talk to him again. And right as they're having their bonding moment, Turkey shows up and kills the dad. Yep. Cuts
0: his head right off. It's great, too, because the dad is smoking a cigar. Turkey cuts his head off, and the head goes flying, and the cigar flies out of his mouth and then
1: lands in Turkey's beak (laughs) perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was incredible.
0: And Turkey also kills Johnny's mom, too, I think. I don't remember that for Uh, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Then Johnny uh, escapes and runs off to gather all of his friends to tell them that that the killer turkey is real and that it killed his
1: parents. Yeah, so he gets a hold of all his friends except Allie, who is uh, having sex with... I think it's just some some random random dude. dude. Yeah, yeah. some random dude. Turkey comes in while they're having sex, kills the dude, and starts having sex with Allie. And she doesn't even notice, Yeah. When she does turn around,
0: right before he kills her, he delivers another fabulous one liner. You just got stuffed, bitch!
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he just fucking snaps her neck. (laughs) Oh Oh my god. There's too many good one-liners in this movie. So so the college kids find Ali's remains. Darren says
0: that there are books written about the killer turkey but the library's closed because this is late at night and Kristen's like well let's just go to my house. My dad's got a lot of books. Surely he has something about this killer turkey. <laughs> Who needs the internet when you have a library in your own house? And meanwhile turkey beats them to Kristen's house and knocks on the door wearing the those, like, fake glasses that have, like, the nose and the mustache. And so the, the dad doesn't realize that he's a turkey and he thinks he's just one of Kristen's friends, so we get this great scene of them just, like, sitting at the kitchen table and her dad is dressed as a turkey because he's going to, like, some Thanksgiving ball or something.
1: So they're just having, like, casual conversation. Which is one of the funniest things to me.
0: Yeah, and I think at some point turkey's like well i'm not gonna lie this is really uncomfortable so i'm just gonna leave and come back later and as he's leaving the dad's like oh what a strange duck and that (laughs) sends turkey into a rage (laughs) yeah
1: and so uh turkey kills the dad and uh Cuts his face off and yep. wears it like a mask. Yep. Uh, but that's all
2: used so that he can disguise himself <laughs> and then talk to all the other
0: kids. And the, yeah, the kids don't recognize him <laughs> because he's wearing the he's wearing Kristen's dad's face. Right.
1: Kristen just gives her a kiss. Doesn't notice anything. It's- yeah. They go through all these books, and we get a nice little montage that ends up being like forty five seconds. And it's not even like her dad
0: has like a library or, like, a study or anything. They're just, like, in the spare storage room, like, looking through all these boxes. Yeah, they have, like, 15 books total. <laughs> After the montage, they're like, oh, man, that took forever. Finally, we found what we were looking for. And one of the others is like, that just took, like, five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> they have to speak some prayer backwards and and burn him at the stake like a, like a witch, and then that will kill him.
1: Yeah, but the prayer was in, like, a code that Darren had to, like...
0: Oh, right, the mathematical ...do math for.
1: Right. Yeah, so uh, after that, Billy gets bored and he uh, starts exploring the house. Happens to notice uh, the dad dead on the floor without a face... And he's like, wait a second. If that's the dad... (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I'm I'm over this
0: bullshit, man. I'm out of here. After he leaves and they drive the turkey off, uh, they're looking through the book again, and they say, like, if you don't see him, he's either in his magic teepee or he's killing one of your friends. So then they all, like, look at each other, and they're like, Billy! And then we cut to Billy walking down the sidewalk. We see this cartoon, like fried turkey just like sitting on the side of the road and you hear turkey's voice is like oh i'm delicious come eat me billy and so billy eats this magical cartoon turkey and then the real turkey erupts out of his stomach like alien and i think that's when he drops the gobble gobble motherfucker line isn't i it? think so yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: The uh, rest of the friend group Catches up to them Darren like holds Billy in his arms As he's dying And right, a nice long scene Where he just keeps crying
2: over Billy's slow death and and Just then, drawing it out so
0: much And then we get that nice little Like uh, music montage Of them like being best friends While somebody in the background Is singing like You were my best friend Billy Why'd you have to go and die Something like, Yeah it's an incredible 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 song. It's amazing. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie. (laughs) It's so fucking funny. Just them like sharing an ice cream cone and like skipping around
1: holding hands and like rolling in the grass. It's so good is so so good <laughs> Billy dies and now Darren is dead set on revenge because his best friend Billy died in his arms they track Turkey down to his teepee which is also just on the side of the road it's just this tiny little teepee on the side of the road Turkey's just like chilling in it he's eating a salad Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so they, they get out of their car and get ready to burn him they set up this like elaborate plan where one of them will distract them while the other like sneaks up behind them sneaks in the bat the back entrance of the TP. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I guess that's the thing I didn't consider. Do many TPs have a back entrance? No,
0: that's yeah. the point. Yeah. And also it's one of those like uh, Doctor Who scenarios where the T P is bigger on the inside than it is on the right. outside. Because they're standing right next to the T P talking about their plan and like not even like a full grown person could fit in the T P. <laughs> But then when they go inside, it's, like, big enough for all of them. One of them comes in the back and just ties a single piece of string around Turkey, and that restrains him. (laughs) And maybe my favorite line of the movie is when they're getting ready to say the prayer and Darren says, I've got something you don't have, and he, like, holds the book in front of Turkey's face, and Turkey's like, what's that, Darren? A vagina.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that one is good. I <laughs> that forgot it was that. great. Oh man. But they end up saying the the prayer. Um, so Turkey has the ability to be killed, but they don't get a chance to burn him at the stake. He runs away before they can. He
0: yeah, he escapes and runs out the front of the teepee right into General Bastard.
1: Yeah, who shoots him and he goes flying into like a into a trash can, trash can yeah. <laughs> Which casually just has radioactive Waste in it too Yep well we don't
0: see that until after They leave he just gets shot Into a trash can they look at him and they're like Oh yeah he's definitely dead and they're Like okay we can go home now and then We get like the
1: punch in on the Trash can and it says radioactive Waste they have like a two or Three minute conversation right Next to the radioactive waste You know like totally getting Super irradiated just on The side of the road and it's
0: (laughs) It's literally just like a trash can with a sticker on it. Yeah,
1: (laughs) But Turkey gets reanimated from the radioactive waste. So now he's like glowing green and...
0: Right. Well, they go back to... Kristen's house. Kristen's house. house. They're just like, what do you guys want to do now? Like, oh, let's just make some popcorn and watch some movies. Yeah. Like totally brushing off that their friends and Johnny's parents and Kristen's dad have all been murdered that evening and they haven't even like done anything about the bodies they're just like okay well let's just go
1: back and make some popcorn and watch some movies yep Kristen and Johnny are like snuggling together and Darren's like trying to snuggle with Johnny. <laughs> and Kristen and Johnny start making out and like they fall to the floor and Darren is feeling like the super awkward third wheel so he's like, "Uh, I'm going to get a snack." And like walks over them as they're like fucking on the floor. Well, he
0: goes to the bathroom first and I guess he's in there for a really long time cuz when he comes out of the bathroom and goes to the kitchen for a snack it cuts back to johnny and Kristen both just fully clothed uh, asleep on the couch so either they fucked super fast or darren was in the bathroom for a really long time (laughs) or maybe a combination of the two
1: so he goes to get a snack and turkey is there he's now an irradiated glowing green zombie turkey yeah he rips darren's tongue out right
0: he rips Darren's tongue out and then uh, pecks his
1: heart out.
0: <laughs> it does like a like a super like speed ramp of him like pecking his chest, and then all of a sudden he just pulls the heart out. Yeah, and, and it
1: just goes flying onto the floor. Yeah. So from there, Johnny and Kristen go to see what's going on. Johnny uh, gets stabbed with uh, an electric knife, right? Uh, a turkey like carver. A carver, yeah, knife, an electric turkey knife, carver, yep. Which is perfect. From there, Kristen uh, sets the turkey on fire with a with a flamethrower. Well, they, they, uh,
0: first they run out to uh, the shed in the backyard to escape, and Johnny's like dying on the floor, and in another great line, says, oh man, I really wish I could call a timeout on this one, (laughs) as he's dying, (laughs) and then, yeah, Turkey shows up, and Kristen makes a a homemade flamethrower with like a can of hairspray and a lighter, and it
1: makes Turkey fly back into like a pile of wood into a
0: conveniently placed uh, like like a pyre it's like yeah, a it's yeah. like a pre-made pyre <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's perfect. And, and General
0: then, Bastard just shows up then again for no reason, just for like one shot. Like he appears behind her, stands there, is like "you did good," and then he's just gone again. Yeah,
1: like, I would get no real there. closure besides that. Uh, we get one scene afterwards where it's like family happily eating Thanksgiving dinner together, and then uh, the cooked turkey comes to life. Oh, yeah, and with, and, like, leaps
0: off the table, and in Turkey's
1: voice is like, sequel, biatch! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then we just get a card that says Thanksgiving 2, or Thanksgiving 2 in space. Yeah, it's it says to be continued in space,
0: and then roll credits. Man, I I just fucking loved the shit out of this movie It had me hooked from the first uh, couple minutes Immediately, immediately As soon as the fucking uh, nice tits bitch line I was like, I know I'm gonna love the shit out of this movie And I did, it did not disappoint I honestly think that this is gonna be Like one of my new Thanksgiving traditions Like I have to watch this movie every year
1: Well the thing is, a lot of times When people set out to make a bad movie It usually ends up not being being fun or it becomes too self-aware to the point where it just loses the punch of it or the charm. Yeah. This one kind of avoids that in a lot of ways. Like, it's
0: definitely self-aware, but I agree with you. It totally still has that charm of, like, a bad movie that was made earnestly to be good. They found a really good balance between, like, breaking the fourth wall a little bit and still keeping your suspension of disbelief. Yeah, I think
1: the big things that worked in his favor are the low budget and like how fast they shot everything and just how bad everything else
0: was like the shot composition the lighting the acting the fact that everybody was obviously reading their scripts off camera i think a lot of that really contributed to to give it that sort of authentic bad movie feel i had such a fucking good time with this movie i was laughing so hard the whole
1: time and it doesn't overstay its welcome because it's only 70 minutes it keeps the punch it's which all i think helps as well and
0: like five of that 70 minutes is like the credits so it's it's just like watching like an hour episode of something you know I think we've covered it pretty well. Should we just go ahead and rate this before we get into Thanksgiving three?
2: Yeah, let's go for it. Yeah.
0: Do you wanna start,
1: Eugene?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is certainly one of the best, if not one of the only Thanksgiving movies that uh Thanksgiving horror movies that I've seen. Maybe even just Thanksgiving movies in general. I don't know how many of those come. Other out. than
0: like the the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving <laughs> special. Right, yeah.
2: So Charlie Brown doesn't hold the market anymore. Thanks killing is definitely a movie that you can make into a tradition. It's a dumb movie. You can get your friends over... And have a good time. I will warn that if you do not find yourself enjoying the movie within the first five to ten minutes, then you'll probably want to just sit this one out because it's good because of how bad it is. And if you don't like it for that, you will probably end up having a bad time. So yeah, for it's me. Sh-
0: it's schlocky as hell.
1: I agree with yes. you.
2: I'm going to give it a three and a half out of five because it is fun, it's dumb, and if you just turn off your brain and accept the goofiness then well you will enjoy yourself
1: yeah i'll give it a three and a half two actually um i think it definitely doesn't overstay its welcome and it's entertaining as hell um this is the perfect movie to watch in kind of a food coma fueled haze post thanksgiving dinner so
0: yeah when you're full of tryptophan with your tryptophan I'm going to give this 5 out of 5
1: Ooh. Ooh. because the level of
0: enjoyment that I got out of watching this movie is unfucking matched. I've never seen anything <laughs> like it. It's going to be my new Thanksgiving tradition. Fuck you, Charlie Brown, you're out. Thanks Killing, you're in. I don't think I will ever get tired of this movie. I think it will continue to be just as entertaining every single time I watch it. And for that, for sheer entertainment value alone and nothing
1: else, 5 out of 5. So that gives us a combined score of 4 out of 5? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. 4 sounds right. I can live with that. Yeah, that that's pretty
0: solid. So Eugene, why don't you tell us about Killing
2: 3? All right, I will. So three years after Killing comes out, a Kickstarter begins to create the sequel to Thanksgiving, Killing 3. And so they already <laughs> decide to jump over the second movie and just move into third. Well, and- be-
0: because Thanksgiving 2 is a major plot point of Thanksgiving. Oh, yes, three. yes.
2: And I, I'm i going to be getting into that. It was a successful Kickstarter with over $100,000 put in. The movie revolves around, as we said, Thanksgiving 2. And we see in the opening scene a clip from that movie. In the first shot of the film, we get tits. Again, so they really know what to deliver on.
0: Wanda Lust making her uh, return for Thanksgiving two,
2: right? In uh, Thanksgiving as, three as a bare-chested astronaut floating in space, who after just a short couple seconds is blown apart <laughs> by a ship
1: that Turkey is piloting. I just want to say the the outfit that she has is pretty incredible. It's yes. like a spacesuit with just her tits cut out of it. Yes, it is beautiful.
2: Yeah. It all looks like a retro 80s style film. That is cut off after about maybe a minute or two. And then we are introduced to the actual story of this film, which for me became such a mess as it went on. It's not just turkey who in this world is the star of thanks killing one and two who after the failure of thanks killing two realizes that they are trying to destroy every copy just burn the mess down to the ground where it will be seen by nobody which kicks off his quest to try and find the last copy of thanks killing two so that he can spread his curse his evil turkey curse that would have been fine on its own, but then they add in the B story of this puppet who looks just like a Jim Henson Muppet creature yeah. who loses her mind and is on a quest to try and get it back. With the added budget, they wanted to really do something crazy, and I'm sure they wanted to deliver to their fans all of this nonsense. A lot of people seem to draw the movie's influence from things like Wonder Shows and I The Feebles, which I have not seen personally.
1: Yeah, Wonder Shows in is incredible it gave me a very
0: uh strong wonder shows and vibe and also the the youtube show um don't don't hug me, don't hug me i'm scared something something like that yeah. yeah yeah they really took the the puppetry to like next level and
1: well yeah i'm sure it was because they they saw such a positive reaction from the first uh movie's influences Mm -hmm. with uh turkey how turkey kind of stole the show in the first one
2: the design of the main puppet in thanksgiving three whose name is uh nomi yomi Yomi, Yomi, yomi that's what it is it's it's drastically different and right. It is nothing it does, like Turkey. It at does all.
0: seem like a Jim Henson thing. I was thinking the yeah. same thing. It's like a Muppet. It's, but
2: that's not the only story in it. There is also a bisexual space worm who comes down to Earth with a robot
0: named Muff. The space worm, uh, Rhonda, was the co-star with Turkey on Thanksgiving 2, and they, like, dated for a little while or something. Oh, that's right, yeah.
1: And Turkey, like, told him about the powers of Thanksgiving 2 how it could be used for, like, mind control. Yeah, something was um, something added.
0: Yeah. Oh, this, Jesus, I don't remember that at the, all. The plot of Killing 3 is extremely fucking convoluted, and yes. honestly, I think if you go into this movie for the plot, you're not going to get very much out of it. it well, feels- I think
2: one issue is that they seem to put way more time into trying to explain all of these plot elements than the first one does. I, I think it hurts the movie a lot in a lot of ways because certainly it's a nonsense story, but it's not like they don't try and explain everything. And I think that is a- yeah,
1: they they definitely try to throw everything at the wall with yeah. this one. I I kind of have to commend them for that in some ways because a lot of it works, a lot of it doesn't work. But there's I would a lot of on
2: that a lot of it doesn't work. I was not a big fan of all of the. I guess you could say flashiness that they put into this film because if that story wasn't confusing enough they sprinkle it in with a bunch of different animated segments commercials on the television
0: well that's the thing is that's why it reminds me so much of wonder shows and is because in a lot of ways it feels like a sketch show because there's so many different styles they do like right after the first scene where we see the little clip of thanks killing 2 we see uh, turkey at home with like his wife and his son, and that whole bit is done like a sitcom. Yeah, and I think that whole scene works really well. I thought that was really funny, but like you said, we get all these, like, commercials and stuff throughout the movie that are just ridiculous, these animations. Some of it works better than others. I think if they had just sort of embraced, like, the sketch show idea and had just done that for, like, an hour, I would say that arguably Thanks Killing 3 could have been better than Thanks Killing 1. The problem is they try to muddle it up with too many...
1: B plot lines. Honestly, my hot take is Thanksgiving 3 is a better movie if it was an hour and 10 minutes. Yeah, if they had cut it down to the same length as the first one, it would have been a better movie. The problem is it was just like half an hour too long and they wasted that half an hour making this convoluted plot and inserting in like 30 music, dubstep music videos. Oh, right. Yes, that's another thing. The
2: editing of it. There are maybe four sequences, including the opening credits, where it just goes
0: into flashy music video territory. Yeah, they're totally music videos. There's like... Like, no dialogue or anything in them. It's, like, really loud dubstep. Just, like, really flashy visuals. The opening credits, it works for considering that it's, like, the credits. But after that, there's just too much. There's Well,
2: I would say even then, and this is where the problem for me lies. It was a very successful Kickstarter that it showed there were people who were fans that wanted to see a sequel come to life. The problem with that and I think this really hurts the film, is that with all of that money and all of those expectations, they feel they need to just go and do everything that they can afford to do. It loses so much of the charm the first Killing* had. There's just so much going on. It doesn't feel like a sequel to Killing* 3. It feels like a fan version of it, even though it's by the same director. But that's probably because of all of the influence from the community that helped to put this together.
1: It kind of goes back to that self-awareness thing.
0: This movie was like the definition of throwing spaghetti at the wall to see what sticks. (laughs) And I will say... boy, they had a lot of spaghetti. They had a ton of spaghetti. (laughs) Uh, The spaghetti that does stick is really fucking good. Like, the stuff that works, works really, really well. Like, I will agree. I,
2: while it doesn't have as many funny moments that the first film does, it can still the be funny, pretty damn funny. I, the funny well,
0: moments were were absurd. We hadn't
2: even mentioned so the, uh, hard. that there's another puppet in the film... Well, just to put it,
0: it's a rapping grandma. And-, <laughs> yes. and that is, that is like the most repulsive puppet I've ever oh, seen. It, it's it's incredible. Incredible. so gross. Yes.
1: So gross. I got glaucoma. I got a glock. You in a coma. Can't see shit
2: <laughs> and that was that
1: was fantastic and there
2: are a good couple moments in that I and even some of the sketches I think to have some moments that you I, I did laugh at and i I think the problem still is that because of all of the additional parts because there was so much more separation from the story, it was easier to evaluate those scenes just on their own and I think a lot of them flopped
0: Yeah, yeah. I I agree. Like Ben said, if they cut out like 30 minutes, because this movie is like an hour 40 as opposed to the hour 10 of the first one. If they cut out all that 30 minutes of bullshit filler and just kept it to like the main plot of like Turkey trying to find the last remaining copy of Thanksgiving 2, if they had just stuck with that and done away with all the other bullshit characters and plot lines, it could have been fucking amazing hilarious movie because all of that stuff is really funny i
2: agree and even when the movie first started and they were showing that clip from Killing 2 i would have actually preferred to see that i thought that if it had been a retro style 80s movie with a killer turkey in space i almost wanted to see that more than what this movie ended up being
1: I agree. I wanted to see that too. I'm kinda so- bummed we never saw the the pumpkin pie. Again, oh from yeah, the from Thanks Killing oh, God, that's the, right. The
0: pumpkin pilot because he's he's piloting a
1: spaceship. Yeah, pilot,
0: that? pilot. <laughs> that that stuff was funny as fuck.
1: Yeah. Well, honestly, I think the highs in this movie hit like peaks above the first one. I agree. The problem is that the majority of those
0: highs come in like the first thirty to forty minutes. All of yeah. the bad stuff comes towards the end and like when we were like 20 ish minutes into this movie i was like holy shit this this could be better than the than the first one and we watched them back to back so i was already riding a high from thanks killing and i wanted to continue with that and then as it went it got
1: more and more disappointing yeah honestly i feel like they kind of blew their load uh during the sitcom sequence when turkey kills his wife By like chopping her head down the middle and you see this puppet head like divide in half. Yeah. Like some of the best effects in the whole movie, right? During that sequence, one-liners abound and he's talking to his son and his son is like, I can be mean too. Like I can call people dirty losers.
2: Oh, because the son keeps trying to do jokes like Turkey does. Yeah, And uh, by the end of the movie, there is a a scene that I thought was pretty funny where the kid comes up. He's like, Dad, I learned how puns work.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
0: Like, there's definitely still some funny moments toward the end of it. It, It's really just too long and too convoluted. Like, do away with all the Yomi trying to find her mind bullshit. I don't give a fuck about her as a character. There's so many
1: subplots. Which I think... too many subplots you have Yomi, you have the Pluckmaster 3000, with, you have yep. uh, muff oh, yeah muff and we haven't the even worm. Mentioned that. You have the rapping grandma. Do do away with muff and the worm.
0: Do away with Yomi. Do away with the Pluckmaster 3000. Just keep it to Keep tur- the
2: rapping grandma. Keep
0: the rapping grandma. Keep Uncle Donnie cuz I thought he was funny. I like the I like the plot of him trying to open Thanksgiving land. Yeah. I think I think that one was okay with him and his friend uh, Jefferson, who's just obsessed with his long pike.
2: Oh God, which is
0: right. just a, a, a butter knife taped to the end of a broomstick. <laughs> like, keep that shit. Keep the wrapping, Grandma. Keep Turkey looking for Thanksgiving killing to do away with the rest. Then you've got a near perfect film, in my opinion. Well, I yeah. think
2: with so much money put in from the Kickstarter, they probably felt if they did not put all of this stuff in, people would wonder where the money went into this project. I
0: agree. A lot of it feels like they're they don't know what to do with their budget. Which is crazy because I thought they would have asked for maybe $20,000
2: 20,000 or 50,000 but they asked for $100,000 right off the bat.
0: They got it, but that seems very high my, even for My theory with that is cuz I know they never after the release of the first Thanks Killing, they never planned to do a sequel. Right. The uh the whole to be continued in space thing at the was end just a gag. was a gag. I'm sure they did not expect this movie to become the cult classic that it did. And I think that there was probably a lot of pressure on them from the Community To make a sequel since they sort of unofficially promised one at the end of the first one. And I get the feeling that they didn't really want to. So they set their Kickstarter goal really high and was like, there's no way that people will give us $100,000 to make a Thanksgiving sequel. Because what, the the budget of the first one was like $3,500? Right. Yeah, I feel like they just set their goal really high, didn't expect to make it, and then when they did, they didn't know what to do with all that money. Because especially when you're working with puppets and stuff, like, you can do a lot of that extremely cheaply. Like, they're probably like, what the fuck do we do with this $100,000? We don't, like, we have to use it because we don't want people to think that we're just pocketing some of it. Right. As like profit, I think that's why they had to throw in a lot of the stuff they do. Like, there's obviously some things in it that are just to show off the effects that they're capable of with their budget. Over half the cast is all is all puppets, you know. There's yeah. not there's not that many actual human people in this movie. Yeah,
1: which I, in a way, I kind of liked. Because... No, I like that too.
0: Because I mean, with puppets, you can do a lot of great fucking gags. Yeah. And they're pushing the
1: weirdness, which I thought was commendable. One of one of, of
0: my favorite gags, which was a relief because it came at a very dull time in the movie, was when uh, the robot uh, Muff. Which is obviously a, a person in a suit, uh, is like marching around the house, oh, yeah. and then they cut down to his feet, and it's just the empty rubber legs of the <laughs> suit just being like dangled and dragged along good. the floor. Yeah, right. Because that
2: was a pretty, pretty that, boring segment. Yeah, that like whole 15, 20
0: minutes in that segment was
2: yeah. super again, boring it's, and it's not like funny. They, they try and put focus into making a story where that hurts the movie so much more to try and explain it because if you're going to go all out with the absurdity why would you want to reel it in with a thought out story which also doesn't make
1: sense. Like a serious plot. Was that around the same time as the wormy like penetrating people in the ass? Yeah I think so. Oh I believe yeah. Well cause
0: 'cause muff can fire some sort of like particle transmitting beam
1: out of of its asshole so they make all kinds of jokes about that like the worm crawling up into his asshole yeah played the (sighs) bisexual jokes pretty cheaply but yeah that was all really fucking you know that's something that the one thing other thing i liked in that scene though is there's a whole scene where wormy is like talking on muff's shoulder okay and out of nowhere for just one shot wormy turns into a hot dog a hot dog with googly eyes (laughs) <laughs> My guess is the the puppet probably broke on set and they didn't know what to do. Something um, like that. It's it's weird. In a way, the first one felt like a, a student film yeah. in like how it's shot, and in a way, this one also does, but in a different way. It's like the film school kids that had a lot of money. Yeah. You know? They were struggling to
0: find ways to use up their budget because they didn't need $100,000 to make this movie. And those are the parts that it suffers the most especially those like music video segments those are so jarring and take you out of the movie so much, it almost makes me wonder if their composer was like, if you want me to make music for this, then I want you to showcase my music a few times in the movie, and like, do these music video segments, because that's really what it felt like. Right,
2: yeah. I'm, I'm surprised it wasn't a Kickstarter goal or anything, get and to DJ yeah, the film.
0: Yeah, and as you said, there's like, outside of the opening credits, there's like three more of these, and they're close to five minutes in length a piece. so So even if you just cut those out that's already 15 minutes shaved off the movie in most of them nothing substantial happens no nothing at all like
1: trippy visuals
0: yeah like the kind of stuff that if you're dropping acid like it's that would be cool to sit down and watch but like if you're looking for for a movie then like why yeah it really falls apart a lot after the first, like, 40, 45 minutes. Um, there's still some, some fun stuff in that last, like, hour, but they really get all of their best shit out of the way early in the movie. I still... I don't think this is a terrible movie because I got enough enjoyment out of that first, like, 45 minutes, but I think if I watch it in the future, I would turn it off after
1: that point. Like, honestly... I see it as kind of perfect for... Uh Thanksgiving food coma movie because you watch the first one, it's still pretty short, and you follow it up right away with the second one. By the second half of the movie, you're asleep. You're asleep. Yep. No, that's that's a very good point. I can get. Yeah, but down that's with not that. a very
2: high praise either. It's a movie <laughs> you can fall asleep to. Well, so.
0: just in just in the second half, the first half is good. Hmm. But by the time you've watched the first one and the first half of Thanksgiving three, by that point you're sleepy from all the turkey you've been eating. So. <laughs> Then, at that point, you can just comfortably fall asleep for the rest of the movie. Sure, yeah, if that's a praise
2: that you could give the film. <laughs> yeah, give it that. But I think that if we've covered just about everything we want to with this film, we can just move on to the ratings. Matisse, yeah. would you want to start this off?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, just for the for the entertainment value of the, the first 40, 45 minutes or so and how many times I laughed, I'm going to give it three out of five. Because of, because of its potential and the gags that do work, I'll still give it a three out of five and say that I overall enjoyed the movie. Okay.
1: I'd probably give it a three out of five as well. I think it throws so much at the wall. And I have to commend it for that in a lot of ways. I I think they could have easily made just a basic, simple movie. I like that they were trying to do different stuff with it. The, The problem with that that I have is they tried too much. And they didn't cut the stuff that didn't work. Yeah, because they tried so much, they couldn't give proper focus to any single thing. Mm -hmm. I think if they would have fleshed out the jokes, it would have turned out better as a whole. But you have so much uh, funny, interesting stuff happening in this movie. You know, between the rapping grandma, Thanksgiving land... All these different plot lines, on their own, there's elements that work from each one of them. Cut out the convoluted exposition. Embrace the dumbness of the movie a little bit more. It would have been more successful as a whole.
0: I can second that. Eugene? Well, if you
2: were... One of the Kickstarter people for this. One of the backers. I wonder if you would have been satisfied with the final product. I think for all of the high production value stuff they do in the film, they begin to lose a lot of the earnestness that made the first one so so fun. Because if the first movie had a higher budget... It probably wouldn't have been as entertaining. It probably would have just felt more so like a bad movie than this very scrappily put together amateur style that I think I'm going to have to just give it a 2.5 right down the middle for me. All right. That'll bring
0: us to an average rating of 2.8. All which right. i think is i think is fair for the stuff that works and oh, the yeah. stuff that doesn't work. There's definitely enjoyable aspects of this movie, but a lot of that gets lost in spaghetti that did not stick to the wall but instead fell to the floor to be eaten by the dogs. Yes. Yeah,
1: definitely. So. Oh, one thing i want to mention uh before we move on. The reason the first one got so popular is because uh it got Kind of featured on Netflix in 09 around Thanksgiving time. I vaguely
2: remember that. I've definitely seen it on Netflix.
1: Yeah, and it really popped off there. People kind of embraced it because it was a fun, dumb horror movie. And that's what kind of caused the Indiegogo uh, for the sequel or the Kickstarter. That makes Um, a lot
0: of sense. And hey, that's cool. Good for Netflix for getting a genuinely entertaining movie. A great cult following. So now we're going to get into my solo review of Blood Freak. And boy, do I have a lot to say about this movie. <laughs> Fantastic. This was a viewing experience unlike any I've ever had, I think. This movie is fucking buck wild. Some Some background first. This movie came out in 1979, directed by Brad F. Grinter, and it is truly very similar to Reefer Madness, because it is a oh. it is a Christian anti-drug horror movie. What? Yes. So it begins with a biker, an ex-Vietnam vet biker named Herschel, picks up a woman on the side of the road whose car has broken down. Her name is Angel She's a uh, Bible-quoting, like, drug rehabilitationist or whatever. And he takes her to her sister's house for a party. And her sister, Anne, is the complete opposite of Angel. She does a bunch of drugs. She loves having sex and partying, just generally being an immoral person. At this party, at first... Everybody's trying to get Herschel to, like, smoke pot with them. There's a bunch of people sitting on the floor doing cocaine. It keeps punching in on the people who are snorting coke for no reason. Herschel keeps saying, no, those drugs aren't for me. No, stay away. Anne is immediately extremely attracted to him and wants to smash And he keeps (laughs) rebuffing her advances. And then at some point, Angel turns this drug party into, like, a Bible study. (laughs) She's just, like, quoting from the Bible and, like, giving lessons and stuff like that. This is a good point to mention that whoever fucking did the sound for this movie deserves to be, like, drawn and quartered. The room tone is deafening at all times. (laughs) At all times, there's just this constant buzz of room tone, which is louder than the dialogue. Oh, no. So there are a lot of points in this movie where you cannot understand what people are saying at all. Totally incomprehensible because the background noise is louder than the actual dialogue. There are times where I can only assume the sound guy was holding the mic on the other side of the fucking room. <laughs> is it does it all feel very low budget? Yes, yeah, yes. And I will get to that actually, <laughs> because that's a big part of it. it's it's shot horribly. It's lit horribly. The acting is terrible. Some of the most deadpan boring actors I've ever seen in any movie. No line is delivered with any sort of conviction. The The editing is extremely weird. It does a lot of, like, super brief cutaways that only last, like, a second or two to things that have nothing to do with what's going on in the movie. The actors are obviously looking at their scripts half the time. the The fucking sound guy must be either the director's brother or son or something related to him somehow because they have the same last name, but I could not find what that relation is. This movie was made for $25,000. Oh, wow. Which in 1979 is obviously more than it is now, but still very low low budget. The fucking uh, financier, they had a single financier, And he backed out during production because he didn't like what he was seeing. (laughs) And so the movie was made with only Brad Grinter and Steve Hawks' money. Steve Hawks is the guy who plays Herschel, and he's the... uh, the co-writer and director, and the cast is made up of acting students from Brad Grinter's class. Oh
2: my god! What? <laughs> I guess I guess
0: he was a professor or something. I don't know. He should not be because he obviously doesn't know how to make a movie. So anyway, to get back to the the plot a little bit, um, after this party. Angel takes uh, Herschel home to talk to her dad, and they decide that that he should live with them until he can like get back on his feet. And her dad runs a turkey farm and offers him a job, just doing miscellaneous work on the turkey farm. But before he starts his job, he's just doing some some general odd jobs around the house, like ...fixing some stuff with the pool or whatever, and while he's out there, Anne comes out to sunbathe and starts smoking a joint and tries to uh, get him to smoke it again, and he um, once again tells her no, that drugs aren't for him. So she just says, "'Oh, I didn't know you were such a coward.'" And oh. that's that's all it takes, oh, he immediately grabs the joint and starts smoking, <laughs> and he becomes irreparably addicted to marijuana, oh no, yeah, oh shit, and then so they start having sex and they fall in love, going through withdrawals if he doesn't smoke regularly, <laughs> like he's getting like the the cold sweats <laughs> and like seizing and just in like agonizing pain until he gets. To smoke his his big doinks. Oh my Which, um, as we all know, is not an actual fucking thing. Which is why <laughs> it reminded me greatly of Reefer Madness, because it's just making up bullshit about smoking pot. So when he gets his job at the turkey farm, these two scientists who work there, like, trying to genetically modify turkeys or whatever, uh, bribe him with a bunch of free weed into being their guinea pig to uh, eat eat turkey meat that they have, like, sprayed some sort of chemicals on. What? For what purpose? I do not know. (laughs) But so, because they offer him weed... He agrees. He eats an entire turkey by himself.
2: Oh, gee, hey, like we're doing right yeah, now. Yeah, like we're nice. doing right now.
0: Speaking of which,
2: my arm is still stuck. I ate through, <laughs> but I might have ate through my hand. So oh, oh, shit. I'm, I, I'm still stuck. I'm going to keep working on it.
1: <laughs> we'll take you to the hospital once we're done okay, here. Okay, thank
0: you. So after after he eats uh this entire turkey He gets up to leave Oh, how
2: fast is the scene? I want to. I just want to know How long do they spend on him eating the turkey?
0: Um, Not very long, it, unfortunately uh, It's not like a ten minute scene of him eating, him eating a turkey It is him tearing into it, devouring <laughs> it Yeah, uh, no, it, it's not very long And uh, so he gets up to leave And as he's leaving the table And walking through the yard He starts feeling sick He just, he falls down onto the ground And starts having a very very violent seizure. The two scientists see him and assume that he's dying, so they off-screen take him and dump him in the woods but yet another very confusing thing about this movie is they say they take him and dump him in the woods and then it cuts back to the same shot of him having a seizure in the yard but they've just put a blue filter over it for day for night oh my god no way <laughs> yeah it's, it's obvious he's not in the woods it's like it's close-up but it's obvious that he's on like somebody's lawn um they they obviously had no budget for any sort of like real locations in this movie everything was just like shot either on the street or like in somebody's house they dump him in the woods and uh he wakes up that night with a giant mutant turkey head (laughs) other than that he looks no different he looks it's like just the head it's, it's, just, just, it's the head? just the head. He's still oh, wearing no. the same clothes. He's still a human from the neck down. it's just a big papier mache head. Oof. The mask does not move at all. It looks really, really bad. It looks like very obviously papier-mâché. The eyes do glow, so they did have some money to put lights in the eyes.
1: That's why you don't smoke those lace doinks.
0: That's right. Don't smoke lace doinks. Apparently, though, even though he has the head of uh, a mutant turkey, he still has, like, retained his wits. Otherwise, he's still the same. So he goes home to Anne and, like, comes upon her in the dark. She doesn't seem all that concerned that he's a big turkey-headed man now. Like, when she first sees him, she, like, faints, and then he, like, brings her to, and he starts, like, writing down what happened to him and, like, showing it to her so she knows. Can he not speak? He cannot speak. He can only make turkey noises. (laughs) Um... So he's writing everything down. It's very weird. Her her th- line of thinking immediately goes to, well, how are we going to get married? What are the what are the children going to think of their father? What if the children look like their father? He then gets up and goes and closes the blinds so the the room is totally dark. You can't see anything. And then they have sex. And it's just black, you just like hear her going, Oh, Herschel intercut with turkey noises. Oh my god. (laughs) Which, (laughs) like, what is it about these Thanksgiving where they have to fuck the turkey? Oh, okay, so this is some backtracking, but this is extremely important, especially for when I get to the end of the movie. Every now and then. Throughout the movie, it will cut to just the director, Brad Grinter, sitting at a table, like, narrating and, like, talking about the events that are happening in the movie. He's got his script down on the table in front of him because he keeps looking down to read it. And he's chain-smoking cigarettes while he's doing this. So this is just intercut throughout the whole thing. The weird thing, too, is that even though he... And everybody else in the movie are obviously reading their lines off camera. They keep flubbing their lines. And they don't just do new takes. They just fuck up their lines and they left it in the movie. Which is fucking really weird. Also, um, from this point forward, I'm going to refer to Turkey Herschel as Turkle because it's easy. (laughs) Okay, Um, Turkle at this point is still addicted to pot. But he no longer can get anything from it by smoking it. He discovers that he has to, uh, in order to get high, he has to drink the blood of drug addicts. What? Oh, (laughs) yeah. So ranking up right there. Right. So he's just like living with Anne and like some of his friends come over and she shows him to them. And, That's the weird thing about this movie, is that nobody seems overtly concerned that he just has, like, a giant turkey head, that he's, like, a monster. Nobody seems that bothered by it. It happens, you know? Everybody is just like, there's no way we're gonna be able to get enough drugs to keep him satisfied, man. (laughs) Like nobody's concerned that he's a turkey monster. They're just worried about being able to have enough drugs. <laughs> Body positivity, dude. And uh, their their drug supplier is a dude with a very seventies uh, porn star mustache named Guy.
1: Um, just Guy. Yeah, his name his
0: name is Guy. Nice. And at one point, and like goes over to his house to like pick up more drugs and she like goes and falls asleep on his bed and his drug supplier comes over and guy owes him money from the last time he picked up his supplier is like threatening to leave and guy's just like well no hold on a second i'll give you the money i got now and there's a babe in the other room and she's all yours if you just like just consider it interest i'll get you the rest of the money next time And so, like, the guy goes in and, like, looks at her sleeping on the bed. And he's like, okay, cool. And Guy's like, all right, see ya. And he just leaves. And then his drug supplier, like, tries to rape Anne, Because that makes sense. He stops because he looks out the window and sees Herschel, or Turkle, excuse me, sees Turkle standing outside watching him. He then runs away and ends up getting chased by Turkle and uh, runs into a warehouse and Turkle uses a saw to cut his leg off. Oh, nice. But before that, we we just get like this... uh, sort of collection of scenes of Turkle tracking down like drug addicts, like people just doing heroin in their car or whatever, hanging them upside down and cutting their throat and then like drinking the blood out of his hands. Ew, all right. Um but <laughs> here's another thing. Throughout all of this, anytime somebody is being killed, they scream, obviously, but they obviously only got one recording of one scream that's very short. Because they just keep looping it over and over and over and over and over again. They just keep using the exact same scream. So after after killing several drug addicts and drinking their blood, two of Turkle's friends decide that he's he's too dangerous to be allowed to live. Something has to be done. They track him down, and he's just like just some day-for-night shots of him just like wandering through uh, the Florida Everglades or something... Cause this was shot in Miami, they chop his head off with a machete. But the very weird thing is, it's probably the most surreal thing in the whole fucking movie. Right as they're bringing the machete down to cut off his head, it smash cuts to a shot of an actual turkey being actually decapitated. Oh, In, like, slow motion. Like, the body, like, flapping around and, like, spraying blood out of its (laughs) neck. Uh, And then just cuts to, like, the turkey's head lying on the ground. And then it cuts to, like, a table at Thanksgiving. Like, the turkey in the middle of the table, like, the cooked turkey. And next to it, just the big uh, paper mache turkey head that Turkle was wearing. And people just, like, tearing apart the turkey with their bare hands. (laughs) And then... Herschel wakes up in the woods. Normal. This whole thing was a hallucination brought on by a combination of the weed he was smoking and the chemicals that were sprayed onto the turkey that he ate.
2: Oh, no! Oh, yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, yes. They
2: have a twist in there? They have a twist that
0: none of it actually happened at all. No! Holy fuck! And that it was all a hallucination... And so then he goes to Angel to ask for help, and she uh, rehabilitates him and gets him uh, off the marijuanas. And uh, and Anne has a uh, has a, a life turnaround as well because she thinks that it was her getting him hooked on drugs that like destroyed his life. So then she stops doing drugs too and they live happily ever after.
2: what an uplifting ending. What an
0: uplifting ending. But now I have to talk about my absolute favorite thing in this entire movie. At the end... The director comes back like he has been And he's, you know, sort of wrapping everything up Talking about how in our darkest times We turn to God Oh yeah, that's another thing Before uh, Turkle gets decapitated He's like on his hands and knees Like praying And then they come up and cut his head off Oh god! So uh, the Brad Grinter's talking about How we turn to God in uh, our, our dark times Or whatever About halfway through his spiel He just... Because he's chain-smoking cigarettes this whole time. He starts coughing. And he just has a super long coughing fit that they just leave in. <laughs> they don't cut it out. They so don't... it's not intentional? No, it's, it's just... not. No, he's obviously just like having what a coughing fit. Fuck? He's like, he's like, well, maybe it... we can all strive to live better lives.
1: <laughs>
0: it just goes on for such a long time. So and they don't cut it out. They just leave it in. <laughs> It's,
1: it's, it's the perfect punchline to this movie. It's like super anti-drug, but the director is chain-smoking the whole time. And it just oh totally own. undercuts his message because he's fucking... Because <laughs> he's like dying.
0: Up a lung. <laughs> he's like coughing up a lung. And then the movie just ends. Oh, wow. Well... With all that, would you recommend people
2: watch this movie? Yes.
0: It's a fucking god-awful movie. It's frustratingly bad at Is times. Is it funny?
2: Are there, there are funny moments, yes. hopefully, at
0: least? Okay. Unfortunately, there are a lot of... <laughs> There's not a whole lot of gore. Um, the effects are really bad because he always, like, hangs people upside down when he, like, slits their throat. And there are a couple of times where you can even see the tube that they're pumping the fake blood out of, oh, like, no. sticking out of the person's shirt. Oh, great. This is, this is a bafflingly bad movie i made better movies when i was in high school than this (laughs) i just i don't know how this movie got made but it's because of how baffling it is that makes it so fascinating and there are those super stupid dumb moments, like with the director coughing up a lung at the end and them just leaving it in. It's for stuff like that that you should absolutely watch this movie. Okay. It's not too long. It's like an hour and 20 minutes. Oh, so wow. if it was longer than that, it would it would become exhausting. Um, I'm going to rate this right in the middle of the road, two and a half pods, because there's nothing good about it, but there's enough funny things about it that it's It's definitely worth watching at least once. I don't know if I would go back and watch this movie ever, but you have to experience it. You just have to.
1: Yeah, it'd be easy to just say, go watch the coughing fit scene. But at the same time, no, you the, the 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 build up to that to that makes moment. it so much funnier. I agree.
0: Like the everything that happens up till that point, like you said, Ben, it's the perfect punctuation for this for that movie. Terrible, terrible movie, but just so bafflingly bad that it's it, it's a must see at least once. I think just for sort of like a clinic on how you don't make a movie. With that, let's uh let's move on to our game.
1: Yeah, return of the movie pitch game. Yes, oh, so I was thinking there's not many Thanksgiving horror movies. We should uh pitch our own and see which should be greenlit next. Oh boy. I will uh, play the role of the non-rapist Hollywood executive.
0: Please, Mr. Weinstein, fund my
1: movie. <laughs> Um, I'll touch your peener. I have a new set of cards. Some of them are the same. Um, I was actually going through the 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 actor's card, and I had Kevin Spacey written down. Uh-oh. Uh, this was before the allegations. Yeah, the allegations came out. I, I still left it in there. <laughs> oh, jeez. So. Okay. I'm good with it. Uh, yeah, we can this have some fun with that. This pitch might turn drastically different. I have uh, three decks of cards. One is all locations. The yellow deck is all actors. And the, the orange decks, uh, they're marked one, two, and three. Each of them give you bonus points if you use them. You can take up to three of them but each one has a sort of obstruction that you need to utilize within the pitch of your movie. So I will uh, let you guys pick from each deck um, as you see fit and then give you five, maybe like five, ten minutes. Think of a pitch and we'll come back and see who has the best pitch. All right. And we're back. All right. So... We have two movies ready to pitch, and in order to see who goes first, I have a die. You guys can pick odd or even, so I'll let you guys decide between yourselves. I'll go even. All right. All right. It is even, so you get the choice. Do you want to go first or second, Matisse? I'm gonna go second. Okay. Let let Eugene start us
2: out. All right. So, Mr. Hollywood producer, I am giving you the next best animated horror film of the season. It is called The Lurky Turkey, and it is about the true origins of Thanksgiving. Michael Douglas plays the leader of the Plymouth community named Anthony Turkey. (laughs) He begins to notice mysterious disappearances within the community. First, a man drowned in gravy. On the wall, the words, you are in gravy danger. (laughs) Second, his grandmother is murdered, eviscerated into a mush. And then again, the words looks like, wait... I don't wanna do that pun. Can I can I can I change that one?
1: Sure. Alright.
2: Nope, you know, I'm gonna stick with that one. <laughs> I'm gonna stick with this. The grandmother's murder, and it says looks like Grand Barry is gonna be on the menu tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and then as he dives deeper. Into the mystery, he begins to notice turkey feathers left at the scenes of each crime. And so suspicions begin to arise that the animals that lurk around Plymouth are conspiring to murder the peaceful settlers. And so Anthony Turkey must travel and try and find the King Turkey's lair. And in a final confrontation begins a fantastic fight scene on top of a cliff. When the King Turkey is pushing Michael Douglas against the edge of this cliff with all of his minion turkeys following behind, Michael Douglas has planted dynamite on the cliff, ready to sacrifice himself. And right before the bomb goes off, throwing the cliff down into the landscape below them, he says his final words. Birds of a feather rock together and then the cliff explodes and they fall and they crash. But miraculously, Michael Douglas is saved because he manages to land on all of the turkeys and he survives with this newfound lease on life. He brings all of these turkeys back home to celebrate this joyous occasion that they have defeated the menace and thus begins the tradition of the world's first things. Giving.
0: I don't yeah. think they had dynamite back then. Why not? Because that was invented in like the 1800s. But no, no, no. In in
1: in this movie, uh, you, in this movie, you yeah, have dynamite. I'm
2: I'm gonna search up when dynamite.
0: was
1: crazy. It is an animated movie, so Acme That's true. is still oh, yeah. the star in the show, obviously.
0: Alfred, Alfred Nobel invented um, dynamite, the guy who the Nobel Prize Yeah, you're prize right, is...
1: 1867. Okay, well, Mr. Science shit. Guy.
0: <laughs> well, just pretend it's like a, like gunpowder instead yeah, of Yeah, right, like gun he has
1: gunpowder yeah. gun thing. Okay, so how about you read your cards off before oh, I right. give it a rating?
2: So first one was at Thanksgiving dinner, hence why I decided to make it origin story. Michael Douglas I had. A period piece with pilgrims, so those two went hand in hand, must feature three puns and an animated feature.
1: All right. So, so I would say that's pretty solid. Uh, you had some great uh, Thanksgiving puns. Uh, See, I just
2: the big problem is after seeing Thanksgiving, it basically did all of the great puns, and so I really, I was, uh, I did not have a lot to work with.
1: It's tough to top those puns. Really, oh, yeah,
0: I think you did a good job yeah. though. I like the in gravy danger one.
1: Oh, thank you, yeah. thank you. I was hoping for a little bit more in the middle. Yeah, had, right. you had, had the beginning and you had the end, and they were both great. But the middle wasn't quite there. So I think I'll give you a solid uh, six points.
2: Six points? Out of ten.
1: Yep. And uh, you took, what, three? Three cards? Yeah. Okay, so that gives you a total score of 15. Okay. Wow. All right, Matisse.
0: Okay. All right, Mr. Weinstein. This Thanksgiving, Adrian Brody stars in Gobbled Up. Adrian Brody plays an army general who is on his way home to see his family for Thanksgiving. The one time a year that he gets to see his family. But as he's driving, his dog gets into the cooler in the back seat and eats the Thanksgiving turkey. This is the day before Thanksgiving, so he doesn't have much time. He goes everywhere on his way home. He cannot find a place to get a replacement turkey until he gets directed towards a butcher shop in the middle of the woods run by a bunch of rednecks who uh, own a turkey farm. What he doesn't know is that this turkey farm is placed directly on top of an Indian barrel.
2: (laughs) 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 Oh, shit!
0: So he buys the turkey, takes it home, cooks it up for his family, but right as Thanksgiving dinner is about to begin he is struck by a bout of uncontrollable diarrhea. So he spends almost all of the dinner in the bathroom while his family dines on the turkey he bought. But what they don't know is that the turkeys are possessed by the vengeful spirits of the Native Americans whose bodies were disturbed by the turkey farm being put onto their burial ground. And so anybody who eats the turkey becomes cursed and turns into a giant mutant turkey monster who, if they bite somebody, they also become a turkey monster. So it spreads like a zombie virus, and they have a taste for human flesh. Adrian Brody comes out of the bathroom and sees his whole family mutating into these giant turkey monsters, and he manages to make his escape, but the plague spreads fast, and before you know it, the entire world is overrun. By these turkey monsters. Ooh. Society has collapsed. The military is fighting a losing battle, but Adrian Brody leads the resistance. And because he's an army general, he has access to all of these automatic weapons and tanks and weapons of mass destruction. Eventually, he comes into contact with the King Turkey, who is, dun dun dun, his twin brother. <laughs> Um, Of course mutated into a giant turkey But he's such a big fat butterball turkey That he can't actually walk or fly, or anything. So he rides a one-wheeled contraption, much like a unicycle. And in the final confrontation, an epic battle, lots of CGI, lots of explosions. When Adrian Brody confronts the King Turkey, he says, here come dat boy, and then (laughs) proceeds to launch a missile right into the middle of the Of the king turkey's enormously fat body Which explodes Raining turkey down on everybody And the curse is broken And he finishes with Oh shit, what up? (laughs) 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 So That was incredible. That's, that's my movie. That's what are good. your uh, cards? Okay, so uh, once again, I got Adrian Brody. <laughs> I don't know if this is going to become like it's a It's going to be a running joke. It's going to be a <laughs> running gag. I always end up with Adrian Brody. Has to take place uh, or feature a turkey butchery. And my constraints were it has to pander to a Chinese audience. <laughs> it has to feature a meme. And it has to have supernatural entities. Nice.
1: All right. Nice. I think that was a pretty solid pitch as well. I still think you could have flushed it out a little bit more, but you got a lot of funny parts in there, so I'll give you props for that. I could have turkey flushed it out a little bit. <laughs> I'll give you a 7 out of 10. How many uh, points did you have on your cards? I had two threes and a 1. Oh, and a 1. And a 1. Oh, shit. Okay. So that gives you a score of... 14. 14, yeah.
0: Oh, shit. Okay,
1: well, it uh, looks like Eugene wins this woo! one yet again. <gasps>
2: Gobble gobble motherfuckers.
0: <laughs> okay, Eugene, well then in the interest of our new format, you get to pick the third movie that we all watch together yes, for the next episode. I will. And, and
2: for the next episode, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to be focusing on one director that has, well, made a real splash in horror
0: movies as uh, late, I would say might. I think he's one of the one of the best uh modern horror filmmakers we have right now big up and comer for sure i'm sure
2: that many of you may know him but it's going to be mike flanagan director of such movies as oculus hush and the new gerald's game which you can find on netflix and watch
0: right now it is very good and we're that's actually what we're going to be talking about we're going to be watching gerald's game oculus and Eugene, you get to pick the third Mike Flanagan movie we watch and talk about.
2: And my pick for that is I want to choose one of his earlier films, Absentia, because I have not seen that and well. His debut. I,
0: I actually haven't seen that either. That's so, one will- of one of two Mike Flanagan movies I have not seen. So, so
2: we will be able to Check him out from his
1: first feature to his latest Netflix original movie. Perfect. I haven't seen Absentia either. I haven't really heard much about it.
0: I've actually, uh, I've so. heard pretty good things, so I'm I'm excited. The only of his movies that I haven't seen are that and the Ouija movie that came out like a year or two ago. I think that will be interesting. I'm excited. I think he's a, a really good director, so we'll definitely
1: be... have plenty to talk
0: about. Plenty of good stuff to talk about, okay. and um. That That should bring us to the end of our Thanksgiving extravaganza. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, The show is produced by our own Ben Sheets, who also uh, is the composer of our entrance music. So thanks much for that. I am the editor of the show. And if you want to engage in uh, some discussion with us, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at pod people pod for both of those uh follow us at letterboxd pod people podcast to see our ratings of the movies that we watch and uh you can follow me on twitter at mr van awesome
1: i'm on twitter at mr sheets
0: you can check out strictly haiku if i still have an updated in forever no <laughs>
2: Go go do whatever. Go go we, watch a good movie. We or need something. some. We need some
0: Thanksgiving there. haikus, Eugene. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, guys, I think we should get out of here. I definitely did eat through my hand on this turkey, and I'm gonna need to go to the hospital.
0: So just plug it up with stuffing. I tried, and then I ate the stuffing. Oh no! Did you eat more of your arm? Yes. Well, then I guess we need to get Eugene to the hospital, then. I'm Matisse Van Rossum. I'm Ben Sheets. I'm Eugene, the hospital now. Bye!